My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague and I am the co-host here today. And today we have another amazing guest, Garfield Gregor. And he's here today to talk about something that's really dear to my heart, America. And not just America, but America in Prophecy. That's the title of his newly released book. And just here's a little part of the book that I see here. America has been blessed among the nations of the world. The land of opportunity that has been attracted to inspired people from around the world to come to its shores to seek out opportunity for a better life. Yet, with all the blessings that they've been given in this country, our people, we haven't really been able to give the glory to God. He's the one responsible for all of it. And I'm not reading anymore, but just on my own personal words here, it's so amazing how we can focus on the gifts that the giver has given than the giver of the gifts himself. And we're focusing on the blessings of America. You'll talk about it much more today, Garfield, but we've been given so many things, so many opportunities in America, and we're focused on the gifts, on the American dream, and we haven't taken that time to focus on God. And so I'm really excited to see what you're going to bring to us today, Garfield. But thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to be having this kind of conversation with you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And so if I can just have you take the next few minutes and share some of your story with our listeners so then we can get to know you more, and then we'll go into the book itself. Very good. Very good. Well, as a Christian, we all have to strive to obey God. I'm a man, by the way, who is in his uh, 60s, and I would say that I became converted way back in the 1980s. I would say that as Christians, before a person became truly committed to God's way of life or became a Christian or a true follower of Jesus Christ, our lives had always been on the wrong track, whereby we had to repent of sin. We had to see where we were doing wrong and change our way of living in order to commit our ways and our life to God, in order to have a proper and a right and a growing relationship with God. So that is something that happened way back then in the 80s, and I have still continued to follow God, to walk in His way as He led me into His truth. I have continued to follow that course and joyfully, their trials along the way, commit myself to God's way of life. And if you may ask, well, how did I come into a relationship with God? Well, the fact of the matter is that I was living my own life, thinking and feeling secure about my own life, thinking everything is okay. But at some point in life, back there in the 1980s, I'd come to realize that I had been living wrong, that I had not been living the right way. And God stirred me and led me to that point to see where I had been living wrong, and I had to change and make a commitment to follow God's way of life based on His leading and guidance. Do you have a favorite Bible verse? ChristianWalls.com will have it. ChristianWalls.com makes Bible verse art for your home, office, living room, and more. 
Imagine your favorite scripture on the wall. ChristianWalls.com can put your favorite Bible verse on the wall. ChristianWalls.com's goal is to bring God's Word into your home through beautiful art. ChristianWalls.com can also make custom designs for you. They can also take a family picture and add scripture to that as well. Check out ChristianWalls.com to brighten up your home today. In 1958, 10-year-old Joey Baker thought it was going to be just another ordinary summer, but his quest for the monarch butterfly takes him on an unforgettable journey. It all begins with a sign, and then, while lost in the woods, Joey encounters a shadowy figure. Faced with the unknown, a selfless choice will ultimately reveal the truth. Find your copy of The Monarch Butterfly by Kimberly on Amazon today. And were you saying that you were living pretty close to the truth already, but just not fully committed, or were you kind of far from the truth? I had been aware of it, but okay. the fact of the matter is that it was God Almighty who had to work with me to lead me to the point of repentance hmm. uh, during the course of my conversion and following God and living His way of life. The point of the matter is that it's God himself who has to deal with us. A lot of times folks think or believe that they are the ones who can just get up and commit yourself to God. But Jesus, the Bible says very clearly, I believe it's in John 6, 44, Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which sent me draw him. So God is a, a, a tremendous hand in stirring up our lives and in working with us and in bringing us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's God the Father who does those things. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'd just like to add here is that came to mind is that oftentimes in the Christian world, we talk very much about Jesus Christ, and we should, but it, to the point where we actually leave God the Father out of the picture as if he's not there, and we focus a lot on Jesus Christ. But we are, in fact, as true Christians in a relationship with both the Father and Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells us our, our fellowship mm -hmm. is with the Father, and with his son, Jesus Christ. And God will guide us, correct us, and bring us into that deeper abiding relationship with himself and his son. And God had to do that with me. And I am still growing because the Bible says we should grow in grace and in knowledge. It's a process. We continue. It simply doesn't happen overnight. It's a lifetime of growing, of building, and developing God's character in our life because none of us are perfect instantaneously. I was I was thinking when you were telling your testimony about those people who are aware of God, like you said, who even maybe go to church, but don't know the Father, don't truly know who He is. They know about Him, but they don't know Him. They never encountered Him, and that's so. That's why I asked that question for you there. And you also said another point that made me think about this that I've always said in my own personal testimony when I share is that I'm not here today because I chose God, but I'm here today because He continued to choose me even through my mess, even through after knowing him personally, I made mistakes. I still will make mistakes. We all know that we're not perfect, but we're called to be perfect as he is perfect. But in my mistakes, he still calls out to me, come son, come here. And I think that's one of my favorite things about God is he always is inviting me in, always wanting me. And so thanks for mentioning those things, Garfield. You're welcome. And so thank you for sharing that as well. Let's jump into the book a little bit now. So the title of the book is America and prophecy, but Israel does not know, my people does not consider. And so can you just tell us what was the inspiration for the writing of this book and the title? 
That is an excellent question. I'm very glad that you asked that question. First of all, the title, America in Prophecy, is a very important title, not because I wrote it or because I put the title on the book, but because of the fact that through God's purpose, it served to identify Israel in these last days that we're living in. The fact of the matter is that we cannot understand fully Bible prophecy unless we truly understand who Israel is today. We just we can go to the Bible, we can look at the prophecies of Daniel and the prophecies in, in the various places in the Bible relating to the end time and to the nations that are involved, but we cannot simply understand Bible prophecy unless we identify the nation of Israel, which is related to the United States today. So America in prophecy actually is needful for us to understand, truly understand, and get a grasp of Bible prophecy. And this book actually traces the ancient Israelites' history. It shows where they went into Europe and how they actually, the people who were removed from the land of Palestine, to actually come into Europe and to become the people of the United States, a truly fascinating and stunning picture. And I believe a lot of Christians are missing out on this, true Christians who truly need to understand and get a good grasp of what prophecy means, and you can understand it by knowing the identity of the people of the United States. For example, I'll just be very brief on this. The Bible has mentioned countries such as Libya, Ethiopia, Egypt, and so forth. Why would it not mention one of the greatest nations to have ever existed on the face of this earth? It would not leave out the United States. It has. And this, in effect, has prompted me also to write this book, to make people aware. I've asked this question many times. Why is it the United States not in the Bible? And I have come to many conclusions, and I'll ask, actually discuss some of those with you after our, our episode here. Um, I just want to hear your thoughts on some of those things. But um, I see here a quote from your book that says, America does not seem willing to pause and seriously ponder just how it is that this country came into such a great nation and blessings. A nation founded on God, and our money even says, in God we trust. And so can you expand on that quote just a little bit more for our listeners? Yes. The thing is that we're a nation that delights in material things. We have actually set our hearts upon those things and have left God out of the picture. I heard a minister said many years ago, and I still believe that and hold to that belief and agree totally what that minister said. He said, ingratitude is one of the most prevalent sin that you will find. People are just not thankful. They're not grateful to God. People just want to take and to get and God's way of life is totally the opposite of taking and getting. God's way of life is the way of giving. God gave his only son. God is a giver. And no human being, neither you or I or any person on this earth, can actually outgive God. And God, through the promise that he made to Abraham, has blessed this country, as you will see in this book, and given us the tremendous blessing. But the people of this nation, their heart are set on materialism. As I've pointed out in the book, they want the latest cell phones, the newest car, or the best home to live in. There's nothing wrong in desiring good things or having the desire thereof. But the fact of the matter is that when you overlook the blessings of God and have not sought after God, nor is commandment, even as ancient Israel have continually done, and it continues this day into this nation, 
God is not very happy with our people because of that very fact. We have totally excluded God, left him out of the picture, and our idols and our gods today in this nation are centered on material things. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that you said this because I didn't understand this fully until I moved out of the U.S. And I haven't lived in the States for probably three years now. I moved to Asia for a while, and now I live in Brazil for almost two years. And I didn't truly understand the materialism until I started talking to Brazilians. And things that we consider as Americans of like, this is what normal life is like. This is what it looks like to be a person. This is what it looks like to have a home. I mean, they're completely high expectations, huge expectations. If you understand what I'm trying to say there, Garfield, because whenever I'm talking with my wife, who is Brazilian, we're thinking, oh, we need this to do this project. If if I'm going to build a house, I need a hammer. I need, I need nails and wood, right? But literally we've built houses without those things. It's crazy how how much we think we need to do something, or this doesn't mean that unless I have that, which it's kind of confusing to say, but I understand it completely in my heart. And I totally agree with you that we want after those things. We're striving to have those things. I work this hard to have those things. And it's, it's distracting us from the true purpose. Another quote I see here is from actually a Bible verse, Hosea 4, 6, and it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Tell me about this a little bit more. Well, the fact of the matter is that our nation is a religious country. You can go just about anywhere in this country and you'll find a church or a building down there where people go to worship. There's so many uh, churches and things like that in this country. And our nation does appear righteous. It does Mm -hmm. appear righteous before God. Yet at the same time, again, it goes back to what I just briefly said. Our people are ungrateful. Their mind and hearts are not really centered or seeking after God and his way of righteousness. Our people are living the opposite way, in the the direction whereby it requires God to actually prophesy of punishment to come upon the nation. It's not a popular and a nice thing to say, but God has to get our attention because our nation and our people are living the wrong way. They're headed in the wrong direction, and I think we're becoming more and more, well, our moral standards are truly declining, as you you yourself will will probably agree with me. We are doing a great slide, a toboggan-type slide into immorality, and it's becoming worse. And this these are the things whereby God will have to judge our people, and it has been prophesied throughout the book of Ezekiel and other places where God is going to punish the modern-day descendants of Israel, which is the United States of America. It's... It's interesting. And just to compare there, I'm thinking here as well that let's go with abortion, for example. Um, One of those huge controversial topics in the church and in America as well. Here in Brazil, it's it's not legal. It is illegal to have an abortion. And I consider Brazil super immoral, like very, very... They have a holiday called Carnival. Have you ever heard of this before, Garfield? Yes, I, I have seen, uh, gotten glimpses okay. of things like that on television. I've seen so it, yes, with the dancing. This Carnival yes. is, is considered the day of flesh. Literally, it's a day to sin. It's actually a week. It's a week of sin. Go out, commit all the sin you can, and then let's have Easter. You know, let's, let's change our way. Like, it's just insane. And so to compare that with not even having abortion as a, as a, a thing that you're allowed to have, and then comparing to America, it's just insane how far we've gotten in America with our morale. You're right, with our morality. You're very right. What do you think 
would be the responsibility. If you could just tell every single listener today who is an American, what is the responsibility of a believer in the great nation of the United States? Well, as great as a nation as we are, the true Christian, the true follower of Christ, those being called out by God that are obeying him, striving to live his way of life and overcoming, first of all, the Christian, the true Christian has to put things into perspective. To first of all, remember that though we live in this world and in this nation, our citizenship is in heaven, as mm-hmm. the Bible says. We're also told to let our light shine in this world. That's what the true Christian does. Jesus also says, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And the Bible also says, uh, making the be emphatic, is that we are ambassadors of Christ. So our world, this, our, this world that we live in and this civilization is not our world, though we, though we live in it. We're not of this world. Our mindset are not on this world, but on the things of God and of the kingdom of God. So we have to obey the laws of this world, of course, and we live as true Christian, allowing our light to shine. But at the same time, Jesus said we do not entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life and of this world mm-hmm. being wrapped up in its customs and practices because the world and the things thereof, the Bible plainly tells us it's mm-hmm. going to pass away because it is not God's system or way of life. Jesus said, when he stood before Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. So my point is that we are to live as a light in this world. But the fact of the matter is that because this world and this nation, as in a, is by its way of life and code of conduct, has rejected God, but we are to do our part mm-hmm. and to live as a light in this world, shining bright and accomplishing God's purpose and will for our life. That is the role of the true quest- Christian in this world, because we're not of it. The Bible tells us that. And how does the prosperity gospel play into that? Because I think that's a message that a lot of people are being fed. Well, the fact of the matter is that I I do, to be quite honest, the prosperity gospel, God wants us to prosper. The Bible says, I wish above all things, I believe in John, that that you prosper and be in health. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be physically and mentally, and God wants to bless us. He wants good things for us. God is not against us having a good, enjoyable life. God doesn't want us to be sad and broken in spirit every day. God wants us. But at the same time, to be quite honest, I will say that based on the scripture and God's way of life, that too many have set their heart again on material things with the prosperity gospel. And in fact, they have actually left out so many vital, important aspects of the Christian faith and have centered simply on the idea or notion of uh, getting rich and having this fancy home and fancy cars, and they put these things again before God. So that is how I see it based on the Scripture and in God's way of life. Amazing. I want to touch back also, we're called to be in the world, live like a light in the world, not live like the world at all, because we don't belong. We're not from this world, but we're called to look like a light to them. And I think that's a huge point. I wanted to touch on that one more time. Because that's our mission. That's our daily goal is to make disciples, to look like Jesus Christ. Here in Brazil, they say to smell like Jesus Christ. It's it's an interesting thing. But they use the word smell in their translation with things like that. But um, again, Garfield, thank you so much. What is something else that you really want our listeners to take away from your time here today? Well, I, I would say this, that God's truth is the most important thing. 
for the Christian to understand God's truth, to be able to obey him, to walk in his law and keep his, his commandment and to know, truly know God and understand his purpose. If we don't know who God is or what his purpose is or what God's plan is for the future, then a person is devoid and lacking a certain degree of knowledge or understanding. We have to be in sync with our Father and with Jesus Christ in the, in the relationship. And just to be, I'm not promoting the book just for the matter of selling, but I'm promoting the book so people can get a deeper understanding of God's purpose, of his plan, of what he's doing. And I believe the book will truly help uh, people to see that, to get a grasp of that. This book goes into so many things that perhaps the average person may not even think about it, but the book goes into deep spiritual things. It, it goes into the mind of God as revealed in the Bible and open up a new vista of understanding on things that folks may never have thought about before, about the identity of the United States, about the purpose of God, about why we're here, and all of those things. It answer questions, for example, which sometimes you do not hear many preachers talk about. They don't answer the question of, for example, we know that Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden. He broke God's law. But you don't hear many sermons or things answering the question, well, what would have happened if Adam had taken off the tree of life instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What would have happened then? Those questions have not been answered. These are just some of the things. And this book brings out so many things that will, I believe it will really, truly open the eyes of many people who read this book, America in Prophecy. And how much are you selling this book for, Garfield? The book is being sold on Amazon. I am not the one who set the price for the book, but this book is um, one is being sold on the electronic format where you can do it Kindle for five ninety nine, mm -hmm. and there's another where you can actually order the book uh, nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. I am not the one who set the price; they're the ones who set it. So, but it's available at Amazon. Okay, great. Take a look at that. The link is going to be below in the description. Find this book, America in Prophecy. And if I can have you in the podcast with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. I will be very happy to do so. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with Dallas today all the way from Brazil and to be able to speak of your truth, Father, to know that you're the living God and that you're alive and with Jesus Christ seated at your right hand, that you're the supreme ruler supreme governor over all the universe and over all that will be, and that the return of Jesus Christ is very near. Dear Father, we pray for your blessing and guidance, and pray, eternal God, that you will bless those who are truly converted and who are faithful to your name, to guide, to inspire, to uplift, and to encourage, eternal Father. And thank you very much that there is a bright and glorious future awaiting the return of Jesus Christ. And just ask you, God, to continue to be with your people, to guide and bless them, inspire and guide them in every way, Father, according to your will. And by the name and authority of Jesus Christ, it is asked, dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.